Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our midweek service. Um, it's great to be with you tonight. If you are here with us for the first time, if you're watching for the first time, we would love to connect with you. Just click that connect button on your screen. We'd really appreciate that. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Tom Carano. I'm one of the assistant campus pastors at Bayville, and I'm also the outreach director for our church. And I'm really excited to share what God has put on my heart. This is going to be a, a, a blessed night. But before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of Pastor Joe and Barbara and the leadership here, we are so thankful for your faithful giving. And I just wanted to remind you to give at newbeginningsnj.org forward slash give. Um, you could just click that, that tab or go to our website. We'd really appreciate that. Again, we thank you for your faithful giving. So I, I wanted to uh, just, we're going to review for like a couple minutes for the last, the last few weeks, but the series that we're in is called Fight to the Finish. We did the part one and two, and I hope you were blessed by those weeks. If, if you haven't had a chance to watch them, you could just go onto our website and watch them on our website, no problem. But the, the great thing about it is we have extended this to a week three, and I really truly believe this is God-ordained, and I want to explain that. So when I did week two, I got done with week two. I'm finished. Message is over. I kind of you know, wrapped it up. And I looked at Chris, the, Chris, who's in our production, he does the recording. And I looked at Chris and I said, Chris, do you not think this could have been a, a week three? And he's like, absolutely. So what I did, a, you know, sometimes you just tuck something in your heart and you say, okay, Lord, maybe it was just for next time. So you kind of just put that aside. So I tucked it in my heart, just said, okay, maybe it was for next time. But I still felt like there was more to share. But I didn't say anything to anybody, obviously, but Chris. So Pastor, myself, and, and Brian Elmer were having a conversation, and Pastor all of a sudden starts talking about something completely related to my message in week two, and he hadn't seen it yet, and I started talking to him about that, and when I talked to him, I had shared what I shared with Chris and just kind of shared the message, and he was like, wow, that's a, he was really excited. He's like, wow, that's a, a, you know, an awesome message, and he's like, go for it, do a week three, and I know he was all for it. So God made it happen. It's not about me, Pastor. It's about the Holy Spirit, I really believe, wanted something to be talked about today because that conversation happened for a reason. There's no question. There's obviously no coincidences in the kingdom of God. So last week, we ended up talking about the refining process and, and personal purity. And that's kind of what the theme of this next week is going to be this um, tonight. So that's where I want to pick up after I do a quick review of the first two weeks. But before we do that, I want to pray. I always like to pray together uh, for the heart of God for this message. Father, I thank you that you are a God that loves us. You are a God that watches over us. You are a God that refines us. You are a God that helps us live a pure life, Lord God. It's your Holy Spirit. So I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that we could put aside distractions right now. We could come together and people could receive your word and I could preach your word with freedom. I could preach your word with liberty, knowing that the Holy Spirit is speaking through me. I give my heart to you right now. I allow you to speak through me in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So in week number one, I made a statement and this was 
the statement for that first message. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. So the goal was for us to see how critical it is for us to finish our course with joy and contend for that with everything we have. The main scripture in Acts 20, 24, Paul talks about, I consider my life worth nothing. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me, the task of testifying to the good, the good news of the grace of God. Tied to our races was focus, perseverance, love, knowing God. So when that was week number one. It was focused on kind of what God has for us. And week number two, I made this statement. We don't get out of life what we want, but we get out of life who we are. And I asked this question, and we're going to stick with that question this week. I said, are you casting a shadow or an image? And I was asking myself that same question. But each of our pasts are going to be, look different with di different occupations, different personalities, different looks, different people to reach. But one thing they're all going to have in common, becoming more Christ-like in the journey and reflecting him to the world. That is what all of our journey is going to have in common. In Romans 8.29, it says, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that we might, might be the firstborn among many brethren. So we were all called to be conformed to the image of his son. And I talked about how a shadow was something you really couldn't make out. It's maybe a darker portion of something or just a shade of something, but an image is an exact likeness. And in 2 Corinthians, it talks about where Moses, he would cover his face because the glory was fading, even though it was glorious. He would actually cover his face for embarrassment. But yet there was glory still there. But it talks about in the New Testament, there's an excellent glory. And it talks about, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And he said, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the whole point was that was Jesus lifted the veil. When he died on the cross, the veil was lifted. So in the New Testament, we, we live an unveiled life. We could see the Lord in his fullness, and we could reflect the Lord's glory to others in fullness, right? We're never going to get it perfect. and never going to get it right all the time. But that word transform means to metamorpho turn into another person. So it's all about change. It's all about going from who we are and being, becoming more like Christ every day, right? So if we're going to finish our course, we need to be more like Christ in our lives. So that takes us into part three. And this is, I just want to share this from my heart. God has taken me on a path of, of personal holiness. And obviously it's a process. So I'm still um, in that process, right? We, we're, life is a process, and I just want to encourage you that no matter where you are today, God said that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it, right? He's faithful to complete it. He's not done. He has more for you to do. I don't care how far away or how close you are to him. He has more for all of us. So I just want to encourage you with that. So this is a path of personal holiness. And a lot of, um, a good portion of what I'm talking about is, is in a book called John Bevere, um, God, Where Are You? And one of the chapters is God's Superhighway, and he talks about personal holiness. And a few pieces, obviously, are, are just kind of inspired by that. And God really used him to speak into my life. Um, I was at a, as I said, a few, I think it was last week or, that I had an opportunity, and I know it was God-ordained to go to the James Robeson Show live and I got a book by John Bevere and I had to, I got a chance to go to his show. And that was like a year and a half ago. And he was just 
prophesying things that are going on right now in the sense of just, you know, what God's doing in the church and us being on the verge of one of the greatest revivals in the history of our world, but also God taking us through a path of personal holiness to get to this point. So just read the book. It'll bless you. It'll change your life. But here's what I want to say. I just want to share in my heart. If I don't get to my notes, that's okay, because I, I, there's a point I want to get across. One of the paths in our race is personal holiness. In Isaiah, it's called the highway of holiness. And I, don't, I want us to look at holiness in a different light, because I know myself, when I look at the word holy, I almost used to run from it, because we're so used to this life where we kind of, you know, I guess in a sense, we shun religious lifestyles and shun trying to be holy. Or you see people who try to live holy externally and it just never works. And we're called to live a life of grace. But there's a side of this where God wants us holy because he loves us. So let's take this message with love. Let's take this message knowing that God loves us. He cares about us. He wants us to live holy. Why? Because he doesn't want the devil to get us off course. He doesn't want us to live a, a contaminated life. He wants us to live a life of genuine faith. It's for our benefit, right? It's for our benefit, for his glory, and the benefit of others. Because if we're not walking in holiness, not in perfection, if we're not walking in holiness, what happens? We can't shine the light of God's glory to others. So in Isaiah 35, 8, it says, a highway shall be there and a road, and it should be called the highway of holiness. And here's the bottom line, okay? If we are not walking in holiness, we're, we're not gonna be able to, to shine the image of Christ in our life. It's going to be blocked, right? We're only going to cast a shadow like we talked about last week. But let's take a look into this and let's look at the word holiness. Holy, separated from sin and consecrated to God, pure, sacred, uncontaminated. My brother-in-law, Pastor Cap, used to talk about it as a cut above. I like that. Um, we always hear that, that term in Jersey, Mike's a sub above. It's, it, why? It's, it's not like the rest of them. It's a cut above. And I kind of feel like that way about their subs personally. There's a lot of other good subs, but there's something about them, right? And I hate to compare holiness to that, but you know, we hear that, that, that term all the time, but a cut above. So it's separated from sin and consecrated to God, pure, sacred. God is holy, but he also wants us to walk in holiness. So here's the goal of a holy life. If we could get this, we'll be changed. The goal of a holy life is to be more Christ-like. It's a great word. Let's love the word. Let's fall in love with the word holiness and let's not shun it and be scared of it. Like it sounds so religious because it's not. Holiness is a word that, that, that God wants us to, to walk out in our lives. It's a way of life, right? But there's two words we, we always hear is righteousness and holiness, right? And we're gonna talk about that in a second. But righteousness and holiness, right? We don't want to get them mixed up. Righteousness is a standing. So right when we come into Christ, we, we are made into the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God. Jesus made us righteous. So we're, if, we're, if we become a Christian at 20, we're not going to be any more righteous at 50. Now, at, we may become more aware of that righteousness, if that makes sense, and have revelation on that and walk differently, yes, but righteousness is a standing, but holiness is a process. 
And God wants us to walk through that process. And it's all about love. It's, God's motive is love. He refines us because of his love. So holiness is a process and only comes through refining. So we see in scriptures that we have a part in the process and God does as well. And I just want to say this, in the last days, holiness is going to be such a key if we're going to reflect the glory of God. And I, I've been hearing a lot of prophecies about this, but personally for me, before um, the last three months, or even before the coronavirus and all this stuff, God was taking me through a path of holiness. I was just taking a lot of time to just really spend with the Lord and really say, Lord, what are the things in my life that I need to get out? Not out of a, a religious lifestyle or anything like that at all, but just because I wanted to just reflect the Father. I wanted to live a life that's pleasing to Him, but also a life that is genuine. That's really the word I'm trying to get to tonight, genuine. Because I don't, I, if there's one thing about life that I guess is something that maybe is something that I can't, I don't want to say I can't handle, that I never want to be is a better way to say it, is somebody that acts one way and is different when people are not around. Or I tell somebody something with my lips, but in my heart, I'm really not with them. I never want to be that person. I want to be genuine. And that's really what holiness is all about, living a life of being genuine, uncontaminated by the world, separate, different. When you give your word, you stick to your word. When we give our word, we stick to our word. When we say we're going to do something, we do it. So it's about being genuine. So we're going to talk about three aspects of holiness, and then we're going to see the effect of holiness. So holiness is a process. So in Genesis 8.22, it says this, while the earth remains Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. And that's what we have to understand about life. Life is a process. This Christian life is a process. And so many of us get so caught up in a destination now, I understand that we, Jesus is coming back and we're going to live with him for eternity. So as believers, we need to look at that and see that goal and say, I'm going to have a crown of righteousness and I'm going to live with Christ forever. And we need to be motivated by that and we need to be motivated by that destination, yes, in that sense and live for eternity. But on the other hand, we can't be so focused on a destination out there or even a calling and God, you know, maybe God promised you and you said, okay, I know I'm going to preach to thousands one day, but it's not coming to pass yet. Well, God has a journey for you and we need to embrace that journey. And really, we need not to be so concerned about our accomplishments or things we're going to have or things we're going to do, but be more concerned about who we're becoming. And that's really the path of holiness. And I know personally, more and more in the last um, you know, five months, something inside of me is like, Lord, I want to be more like you. Yeah, I want to do this. And yeah, I want to be this. And yeah, I want to accomplish what you want. But man, I want to be more like you because I know when I'm more like him, I'm going to be accomplishing exactly what he wants me to accomplish. So it's about being coming, becoming more like him. And everything of beauty had to go through a process. Trees, flowers, diamonds, gold, and human beings. It's a process. And we go through a growth process. And, there's, and a growth process starts out small and develops, or it starts out maybe immature 
and is more mature. It starts out incomplete and it's complete. So there's a growth process. So we talked about the process of gold and how they refine gold and how they take gold and put it in a fire with this, this element called flux. And the impurities go to the top and they go to the flux and they skim the impurities out. And God wants us to be like pure gold in our hearts. He wants those impurities to be out. Why? Because he wants us to, number one, live an abundant life. Number two, be pleasing to him and, and reflect his glory to other people, right? He wants us to reflect his glory to others. And that's the main reason for our benefit, his glory and shining him to others. So let's look at um, the refining process as something like a diamond as well. So we talked about gold and how we need to get those impurities out. But a diamond, listen to this. It's one of, I was watching a video on, on diamonds. This is so cool. It's one element, it's carbon. It's one of the hardest substances on earth. The word diamond actually comes from adamus, which means unconquerable. It's the purest form of a transparent carbon. It's rare, but here's what I want to get to. It forms under tremendous pressure and depth, and then it's actually transported in volcanoes. So it's formed under tremendous heat, under tremendous pressure, just like gold, right? So listen to this in 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. In this you greatly rejoice now for a little while. If you need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory of the revelation of Jesus Christ. So our faith is, it gets tested, Right? Not so God can prove something to us in a, like, oh, see, I told you so, but no, so he could show us who we really are. And those trials that come in our lives, they're there to test us. So what I want us to really start to look at today and really hone in on is this. Don't run from trials. Don't run from heat. Don't run from pressure. Don't run from challenges. I'm, and I'm speaking to myself. I'm trying to say, okay, Lord, yes, this is tough. Yes, this is challenging. Yes, it may be a trial, but Father, how can this make me more like you? Because we, when we run from heat, we run from pressure. We, we run from being stretched, from challenges, from things that are tougher. We never grow and we never get formed into that diamond. We never get formed into that pure gold. Why? Because we're running from the highway of holiness. And I'm telling you by the spirit of God, as believers, we need to stop running from the highway of holiness and be willing to say, Father God, if you have to take me down that path of holiness, I'm ready to go because we all have to go through it. And I'm not, this isn't a negative message. This isn't a message of condemnation. This isn't a fix yourself message and we have to live and wallow in, well, I'm so bad and God, show me all the bad things that I'm doing because uh, you know, you have to change me or you walk around every day so sin conscious. No, absolutely not. We need to walk around God conscious, but God wants these things out of our lives. Why? Because they hurt us and he loves us. And when, if you've seen your kid outside playing with something that was in the garage, that was a poison, would you be like, oh, it's okay. I don't want to, you know, get on them or I don't want to, you know, make them think I don't love them. No, you're going to get out of there. Get away from that poisonous substance because it's going to contaminate you from living a genuine, 
life. It's going to contaminate you. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to live a holy life. So it says in James, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God wants us mature. He wants us complete. Yeah, like I said, we're never going to get it perfect all the time until we get to heaven, but God wants us to be mature believers and live a life of holiness. So let's look at this trial. This is really cool when I look this up. When you look at trial in, in those scriptures in, in 1 Peter and James, right? It says, one of the translation uh, in, the, in 1 Peter is this. It actually translates temptation, but listen to this. It's by experience, putting to proof, and listen to this, trials with beneficial purpose or effect, divinely permitted. So this is what it says to me, that God only, oh, the only things that come in our lives are allowed there. Now do, do we make mistakes and we go off a path and we reap what we sow? There's that side to it. We, we don't want to get over there. But I'm talking about when we're living and we're on the path with God and we're walking with him every single day, there's things and challenges that come in our lives. And I want to set this expectation so we have it in the proper perspective. So they're not walk, we're not walking out of here thinking, oh, God's going to put me through all this stuff just to teach me this and to teach me that. That's not what I'm saying. Sickness, disease, depression, lack, poverty. Um, if you're struggling with something with, with, with a mental illness, it, God didn't give you that to teach you something. He wants it out of your life. It says, by Jesus' stripes, we were, we were healed. In 3 John 2, it says, beloved, I wish above all things you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. That scripture encompasses success in our business affairs, having sound doctrine, being healthy in mind, being healthy in body. So why would God, who put sickness on Jesus, put poverty and lack on him in the sense of um, his body being bruised, shedding the blood so we could come into a relationship with God and now be put back to our original state in the garden. Why would he now put those same things on us that they never had in the garden? No, he wouldn't do that. But we live in this world and there's going to be challenges that God brings in our life. Look at some of the challenges that Paul went through, those external challenges. I want to use an example. You have a coworker or someone in your life that you, it's like oil and water. It's like two things that just grate each other. And you grate at each other's nerves, maybe. And it's not even that you're two bad people. Maybe you just, your personalities conflict. And you may say, that person's from the devil. Well, that may not always be true. There's times maybe an abusive person and things like that could be. But God could be using that person to refine you. And so many of us run, well, I just want to get out of that person's presence. Please don't make me work with that person. I don't want to be with that person. I don't want to be near that person. And we go through that. Why? Because that's how we are. We like the path of re least resistance. But, but the Lord has people in our lives, circumstances in our lives, and things in our lives that he uses that put heat and put pressure that cause us to change and be transformed and be um, metamorphosed into another person, so to speak. And he uses a lot of times people. So let's not run from those things, right? Let's run to those things and say, Lord, I embrace the process. So that's what I want to say today. Embrace the process. Allow the process to work in you. 
Every great person you ever talk to who you look at their life and you're like, they're living the dream. They own a business. They're a rock star. They, uh, they have a great family life. They have this. Every person has had to go through a process. And that process is a process maybe in their relationships. That process is in their business. Maybe somebody who's a great baseball player. What They, they maybe were horrible at one time. They had to go the process of growth to be great one day. And that is what they all have in common. They've been through a process. So one, it's a process. Number two, we have a part in this. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. God says to us, we need to purify ourselves. And this is basically simple. What's our part? Submit to God, Resist the devil and he's going to flee. We need to submit to God in this. We talked about how as we behold as in a mirror, when we look at him, we're transformed into his glory. When we look at God and we love him, like John Bevere made a statement. He says, that scripture said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. We, he always said he looked at it and as us following these commands is really the proof of if we love him and there's truth to that. And that's the way I always saw it. But he also said this, and I see it totally different. If you fall in love with him, you're automatically going to keep his commands. So when we fall in love with him, we're going to want to live a holy life. So that word means to purify, to cleanse, to purge. So he says, let's purge ourselves from everything that contaminates. Let's cleanse ourselves. It actually, one of the translations is cleanse as a leper and contaminate is to make something impure by exposure to poisonous or a polluting substance. So God doesn't want us to be polluted. He wants us to purify ourselves. And it says it in 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16 in the New Testament. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. If we look to him, as it says in 2 Corinthians that we talked about being what? Transformed into his glory. I don't want to read a prophecy uh, before I get into God's part. So we see it's a process. We have a part and God has a part. I want to read a prophecy, a, a part of a prophecy. And this prophecy was talking about the end time harvest and how God wants to shine his glory and shine his image to the world. And it actually uses that scripture that I've been focusing on. And I actually read this prophecy after this message because this message has been in my heart actually for a while when I knew I was preaching like six months ago, pieces of this message. But he says this, we're being transfigured. He first re has this scripture. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one bright level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the spirit, right? This is what he says. So it's that same scripture in a different translation. As an integral part of this great harvest, we must lead lives full of the spirit, marked by both power and purity, Lives of radical spirit-inspired holiness are necessary to fuel the advancement of God's kingdom in our cities, states, and nation. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill and empower you so you can courageously preach the gospel of the kingdom with signs and wonders following. But what did he say? As an integral great part of this great harvest, marked by both power and purity, spirit-inspired holiness. So I'm going to lead into the, my final point that... God also 
has a part and he's going to do his part. But in Ephesians 4.17, it actually says, I tell you this, insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And here's the thing. That scripture is um, spoken to believers. So a believer could live darkened. A believer could live hard-hearted. A believer could live in, in ignorance in an area. So we could live like a, a Gentile and God doesn't want us to. So again, God has a part, but we also have a part. So God's part is this. The first part is he sent Jesus on the cross to die for us, cleanse us from our sins and help us live a holy life. It's a work of grace. The Bible says that the grace of God the grace of God teaches us how to say no to ungodly lust. It teaches us. So the Holy Spirit lives inside of us now. So he sent Jesus to die on the cross, pay for our sins, and then bring us in, into relationship with the Father so we could be holy as he is holy and live a holy life. But that's only going to come through Jesus Christ. It's not something we could do on our own. We have a part, yes, but it only can be done by the grace of God we have to take the first step and we have to look to God and we have to move in his direction. But when we do that, in our own selves, we can't purge ourselves. In our own selves, we can't clean ourselves up. Jesus can only do that, right? So we're, we are made in right standing with him right when we came into Christ. We're born again. We're his children. We're in right standing with him. And then there's this process that God works in our lives. So he's going to do our part. So God has a part. In Malachi, it says, he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. So God promises to purge us and he gives us the Holy Spirit in John 16, 13, he said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. God will show us the things, bring things, the things to light in our hearts that we need to change. We just go to him, right? It says, beholding as a mirror when we look to him. I talked about that last week. One thing we need to look to him. If we could look to him, submit to God, get to know him, spend time with him, that process is going to naturally work out. That pro the holiness process is going to naturally work in us. And God desires to do this. And here's going to be the effect. It says, Therefore, my brothers, excuse me, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose, right? Continue to work out, to continue to accomplish and finish that work. Continue to work it out. But it's God who works in us. God's doing the work. And then it says this, and here's going to be the effect of holiness. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault and a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. What did I say from the beginning? It's a fight to the finish, to finish the task, but also for that finished work in us to come out of us, that working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Let God do in a work within us so we could shine his glory. And then Isaiah 60, it says this, the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your shining. Here's why holiness is so important. 
is because without holiness, nobody could see the Lord. There's a scripture that says, for without holiness, nobody could see the Lord. And what does that mean? Holiness blocks our view from seeing God in his fullness and holiness blocks the view of others from seeing the full reflection of God. So bringing this in full circle, if we're going to shine, if we're going to finish the fight, right? If we're going to fight to the finish, finish that fight, finish our course with joy. If we're going to become more like Christ, we have to become more like Christ because we can't finish our path or we can't finish our course without that. Finally, the path is a path of holiness. That is going to be a path we all have to walk through. So I'm going to wrap up here. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of service. It's that simple. We need to make a commitment to the Lord and say, Lord, not out of fear, not out of, out of um, religious lifestyle, but out of love for you, I present my heart to you. I present my mind to you, my physical body to allow you to do your work of refining. So Father, you could refine me in, in, in the areas of my life that need refining, Lord God. But I thank you that you're gonna love me through the process. The Father God is gonna love us through the process. So I just wanna make a commitment together. Let's make that commitment to the Lord in our hearts. And if you're, if you're, listening to this, and you never came into a relationship with God, he said, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. So let's pray this prayer together, and then we're going to make a commitment together. So if you have never came into a relationship with God, I've talked about Jesus. He died on the cross. He rose again for our sins so we could have a relationship with the Father. And you just have to declare it with your mouth and believe it in your heart. And God will Allow his Holy Spirit to come in you and you'll be a new person. So let's pray together. Father, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins so that I can come into a relationship with you. I thank you. He's the son of God and he's forgiven my sins past, present, and future. I thank you that I'm a child of God. I'm made new, and the Holy Spirit lives inside me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, um, just let us know by, by clicking on your screen. But again, I just want to say thank you. And if you are watching this and you already came into a relationship with Christ, I just want you to Make a commitment in your heart. Let's make a commitment together that we're going to ask the Lord. We're going to ask the Lord to show us the things that we need to change. Show us the areas that need to purify, that need to be purified in our lives and show us the things that are blocking that, that holiness from coming forth. And I just encourage you, don't run from challenges. Don't run from the heat. Don't run from the pressure, but run to God and allow him to transform you. Amen. God bless you. It's been great to be with you tonight and have a good night. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.